you believe in miracles? Do you believe in the power of prayer? One of my favorite verses, Jeremiah 32, 27. The Lord says this, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? You know, the Bible tells us that God is the God who can do anything. The God of might and miracle. The God who answers prayer. Well, good morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and I'm the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time right here on American Family Radio. Well, today in the studio, I have with me two dear friends and members of, of uh, First Baptist Texarkana, Brandon and Stacy Denard. And uh, Brandon and Stacy are the uh, parents of two handsome young boys, uh, Dakota and Denver, and they are high school students. And uh, Brandon is the superintendent of uh, Red Lick Independent School District here in the Texarkana area. And Stacy is a teacher there, an English teacher there. And uh, they have uh, a great testimony of God answering prayer, God working through very difficult circumstances. Mm-hmm of them getting a a cancer diagnosis that basically said, uh, you know, prepare for the the worst, and God answering and God changing things and turning things around. This program is going to encourage you and bless you and help you to keep trusting God no matter what you're facing because he is uh, the God of all flesh, and there is nothing too difficult for him. So Brandon and Stacy, welcome to the program today. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right, so you guys were college sweethearts, yes. is that right? <laughs> yes, so, I met him my freshman year at Baylor. And he was playing football at Baylor. And a track star, yeah. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say any of that. <laughs> football and track, big time. So you, you But played. he was a good dancer, that's what caught my eye. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, good. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about how you guys met. Was it in a class, or was it just on campus, or what? No, I, I tell people all the time when I, I, I saw her several times on campus, and I remember one time I was sitting in um, one of the uh, dorm, I guess. Cafeterias. Yeah, cafeteria reception areas, and I was sitting next to one of my friends, and she walked in, and I looked at him, and I said, I'm going to marry that woman. Did you really? Yes. Oh, wow. And uh, he just laughed at me and kind of pushed me, and sure enough, yeah. Three to four years were, later. Were you thinking that too the first Absolutely time? Absolutely not. I was, I was <laughs> not with him, but like I was uh, nominated as in high school as the least likely to get married. I was not interested in um, that. And yeah, we, he asked me on a date after we met like seven times and I finally realized it was the same person that kept introducing himself. I made a big impression yes. on him. <laughs> and uh, he took me on a date and we started driving past the city limits and I just realized I got in a car with a guy I don't really know that oh, well. Wow. And so, but anyway, after threatening to jump out of the door, if he didn't tell me where we were going, uh, we went to Austin and it was like we had known each other for 20 mm. years on that first date and we really didn't spend a day apart from each other after that so well Stacy I remember the first time I met you Mm because I I knew Brandon I think before they had moved here yes we had met before we had relocated yeah Mm -hmm. so I saw you at the movie theater yes (laughs) and I thought Brandon was cheating on his wife with a a young college girl (laughs) Uh, you look so so young and uh, I knew you had had a lot of health issues but it's like good night you would never know 
that you had been sick a day. Oh, that's nice. To so, hear. <laughs> so you guys got married right after college. Yes, yes the week after we graduated. Yeah. So on one Saturday we got uh, we got our diplomas, and the next Saturday we got married. Oh, wow. (laughs) How cool. And so it's a quick turnaround Mm -hmm. because we also relocated to the Dallas area and um, moved in during that week. So it was kind of a wild, wild ride. And you immediately began in the in the education field? No, no. Um, Stacy can kind of tell her story and then I I can kind of. Yeah, I was an assistant fashion buyer for Neiman Marcus, and um, he was an art major, so his plan was to, to find an, uh, an art job, uh, but he, he found a, he actually got hired by Neiman Marcus as well, but then um, I had, I don't know, I felt like the Lord was calling me to do something else, which is kind of big since you just graduated from college and got this dream job, and I just kept praying about it, and God just made it a really clear sign that I was supposed to do something to serve people so I went back to school immediately and got my teacher certification and uh, Brandon did the same thing and then we just kind of were dipped um, into the world of education at a inner city school in Dallas oh so, wow yeah okay that's mm-hmm. quite a difference a from shock. Red Lick yeah yes. <laughs> absolutely yes. so I, I went down with her the first day she was going to her, her job because the the corporate office is down downtown Dallas and so I just wanted to make sure she was okay that first day and uh we rode the train down and got out, and as she went in the building, I just kind of looked at the jobs jobs posted and applied and got the job there for a while, and so she came down for lunch, and she saw me, and I said, hey. <laughs> she said, what are you doing here? I said, oh, I got a job. <laughs> well, it just kind of shows you God will yes. maneuver you where you're supposed to right. go, even in your young, stupid years. Yeah. And so through that summer, we were just uh, working, and she realized that that wasn't the job for her, and she went to a, a job fair for Dallas Independent School District, and that's where we, um, she got the job, or she was told about the job for art in Dallas, and so I uh, went and applied for it because she said she wasn't qualified. Yeah. And that's how we ended up in the education world. In the education yeah. world. Yeah. Okay, so you guys are, are married. You're both in the school business now and right. teaching. Um, you're starting to have kids. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, I, I Actually, that was a rough journey for me. I had seven miscarriages. Um, and so I had two before Dakota and then three after Dakota. And so definitely was a journey of just trusting God and and you know a time of sadness as well and and how to heal and and not be get become bitter yeah um which i think helped me with my journey when i was diagnosed with cancer is um you know when you receive bad news when things don't go the way you had planned mm, in yeah. your vision um can you kind of release that bitterness and accept his his journey for you because he knows what's best for you so i really feel like that was um and a journey in itself and, and was powerful, um, but also it prepared me for what was to come. Right. Mm-hmm. So you guys are kind of living the the idyllic life when, when yeah. Dakota came along and Denver came along. Absolutely. We have two healthy, amazing kids. We have a great life. Um, and I was 36, and um, I went to the doctor because – I was, you know, spotting a little bit, and that was unusual. And I thought, well, it's time to get a checkup anyway. Um, and it everything came back clear. Um, and then 
it just a little bit more. And, and Brandon's actually the one who's like, I don't feel like something's right. Like, you need to go back. And I said, no, I already got checked. It's fine. And he was like, no, go back. <laughs> and so I did. And um, immediately my doctor uh, knew that something was wrong and called in a favor. And the next day I was in Dallas. The next day um, I was having surgery. So Okay. And so you were diagnosed with what? Uh, when they... Um, you know, had surgery, they saw a, an enormous tumor. So they had done um, an ultrasound three months later. They had seen nothing, and within three months, it was a tumor the size of a grapefruit. So um, I was diagnosed with a rare cancer ca- called adenosarcoma. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that affected your uterus, but then it was in your lungs too, right? Um, so it started off in my cervix uterus, and I had a full hysterectomy. Um, then they thought they got everything, you know, and um, they said, let's do three days of internal radiation and then 28 days of external radiation just to make sure. And But they said, we have everything, you know, you're good. Mm-hmm. And um, I did what they asked me to do for four years straight. I got checked, um, and it was my fourth year where they found it in my left lung. Okay. Okay, so when you, you get the diagnosis, which is like, whoa. Yeah. Okay, I have to have surgery, and it's immediate. Yeah. Um, but it's treatable. Yeah. So you're not thinking this is going to... No, we thought, this is a weird blip, right? But hey, um, we learned a lot. Like, uh, we need to kind of slow down. And um, I was, you know, raising two kids, and I was working full-time, and I was getting my master's. And it's like, hey, let's treat ourselves a little bit better. Let's be a he- little bit healthier. Let's get some sleep. Um, and so it was a great lesson, I thought, that was teaching me to just kind of slow down. Right. And so after four years, so we had four great years of um, of clear scans. And then that fourth year, it's like, okay, this is serious. It's in your left lung, which means it has metastasized. It's, it's moved to a different area in your body. So mm-hmm. that immediately m- makes you at stage four. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so... Um, I didn't know at the time because they didn't tell me the first time, but most patients die within the first 18 months when diagnosed with adenosarcoma. So the fact that I was alive at four years, everybody was, you know, super surprised and had thought, okay, it was gone. But when it moved to my left lung, they realized that it was in my bloodstream. So it had not acted like it should have, uh, because if it was in my bloodstream, it should have attacked a lot sooner. But um, four years later, it had attacked to my left lung. And so at that point, they sent me to MD Anderson. Okay. What year was that, Stacy? That was in 2000, the winter of 2016. Okay. So, Brandon, you guys moved here in 2018, right? Yes, sir. Moved to Texarkana. So you had known this for going on two years. Mm-hmm. And when I first met you, you told me about Stacy being real sick. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it shocked me when I met you because you didn't look sick at yeah. all. Um, how did you handle the news when the cancer came back? That was a difficult day because we, she had just gone to one of her routine checkups and I think it was on a, just a Saturday or something Mm -hmm. because we were home and I remember uh, her mom trying to call me over and over again because I was somewhere and uh, I think I might have been a different location anyway. And so as she called, she said, you need to come over pretty quick. So I got to the house and I knew something was wrong just because we were waiting on the news and she was sitting on the couch at her mother's house crying and then I kind of knew from that point and then what was shocking was the fact that she said that he had moved her lung 
Mm-hmm. And so that was where you knew it had stepped up or advanced quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a, a shot, um, kind of feel like you get punched in the stomach. And I remember uh, kind of comforting her for a while, and I think she said she needed a little bit of time by herself. Mm-hmm. So I remember I left the house, and uh, Stacy's brother and sister-in-law lived just down, I guess, a path from the grandparents. And so I just kind of walked down that path because I wanted to kind of go tell them in person. And I remember I just, I kind of fell down there in that path and cried a little bit and prayed that, you know, that God took care of her and that, you know, it is what it is, but uh, we're going to be faithful and kind of work through it just mm-hmm. for him to be with us. Yeah. And that, at that time, the boys are how old? Mm. So that would, um, let's see, As Dakota would have been seven. Yeah. <laughs> and four. Denver's like four or five just such babies you know um and when i think about it now you know dakota's 17 and um denver is like 14 that most of especially denver's life uh Mm -hmm. i you know i was a sick person so yeah um that's gonna change them um and mold them and hopefully you know that the way we walked through it, um, God is using that to kind of mold them into the men that they're going to need to be for whatever they're going to face in their life. You know, I feel that way. Like God puts things in our lives sometimes that, and, and they're, and he doesn't give us the, the hard time because he's a good God, but he uses that, um, to refine you and to purify mm-hmm. you. And I definitely saw him do that to me, mm-hmm. but also just to the people ar- around me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when you got that diagnosis after yes. four years of being clean, mm-hmm. was the first question, why God, why are you doing this? Or how, how did you respond to that bad news? Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting how God obviously knows ahead of time what's going to happen. It's not a surprise to him. And that uh, semester, he had put me in a Bible study with a group of women studying the book of Job. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Which I find really uh, funny now. And so he really prepared my heart in that moment of not to have a heart of bitterness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know, my mother-in-law was going through a hard time with, uh, with a sickness that was lingering and she was afraid of the book of Job mm. because she said, I don't want to read that. Yeah. But there's a lot of uh, comfort in the book of Job. That Absolutely. God is in charge. Yeah. yeah. A lot he of faithfulness. And I, I love, uh, you know, we talk about it's better to live in faith than to die, uh, to die in faith than to live in doubt. Job says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And that's such a great verse. Well, we're talking to Brandon and Stacy Denard today. And God did a miracle of healing in her life. And he answered our prayers as we called upon his name. You're listening to Real Truth for today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're going to take a break. Don't go away. You want to hear the rest of this testimony. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. They were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. 
My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Last year, the IRS had 80,000 full-time employees. Congress passed a bill to hire 87,000 new agents. Their initial solicitation said special agents must carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force. Is the Gestapo going to collect taxes with a gun? When a nation no longer promotes religion and self-rule with biblical boundaries, they'll be ruled by a bayonet. We better return to God before it's too late. I'm Pastor John Miller. Visit me at churchontherock.org. Today's culture is opting for entertainment rather than biblical enlightenment. For those who resist that trend, Friends of Israel shows listeners why loving the Jewish people and supporting Israel is important to the Christian faith. Friends of Israel shares biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah and promotes solidarity with the Jewish people. This is Chris Katolka of the Friends of Israel Today radio program heard each weekend on this station, and here's what's happening in Israel. Friends of Israel, Saturday afternoon at 2, here on American Family Radio. Hi, I'm Pastor Bert Harper. My wife, Janie, and I would like to invite pastors and their wives to the Fishbowl Retreat. I'm co-host of Exploring the Word and Exploring Missions here on AFR. But I've also been a pastor for many years, so I know pastors and their families deal with unique challenges. That's why we started this retreat years ago. Pastors are called to a higher standard, and we want to come alongside and offer support. The AFA Pastors and Wives Fishbowl Retreat is returning October 18th through the 20th to Linden Valley Conference Center in Linden, Tennessee. You don't even need to miss a Sunday. Our guest speakers are another pastor and his wife, Will and Mickey Addison of American Family Radio. Register today by calling 662-844-5036, extension 297 or at repairingthefoundations.net. The AFA Pastors and Wives Fishbowl Retreat. We'd love to see you there. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. I'm talking to my good friends, Brandon and Stacy Denard. And uh, as we left off the program, uh, Stacy had had the surgery for the, the uh, uterine cancer and thinking everything was good, 36 years old, but hey, we beat this, and then the fourth year of scans, it's in your lungs, it's stage four cancer, and it doesn't look good at that point, right? Right, yes, yeah, so I go to MD Anderson, and um, they suggest to have chemo, a really harsh chemo, um, and I start through that journey, and that was and probably the most difficult moment in my life. Um, you know, of course, I lost all my hair. and um, But not only that, I had burns all over my body from the chemicals and sores in my mouth. Um, I had lost my ability to walk more than 10 steps. So for somebody who, uh, you know, used to be incredibly active, um, I am sitting still and, and sitting a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, just in a lot of pain. Uh, but... You know, through that, I think God gives you what you need. And there was such a moment of stillness when you are facing death, like face to face, you know. And and the question, and you've mentioned this before, you have to really face the question, do I believe that God loves me? Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I know we say God loves, you know, and I know we say it sometimes flippantly, but like, 
really, do I truly believe that he loves me? And if I do honestly believe that, then I have to trust him. Mm-hmm. And if and if I trust him, then I've got to just kind of let it go, whatever journey he's taking me on, and know that he's doing it for my good, and good's going to come out of it. So, you know, people ask me sometimes, like, if I, you know, did I become mad at God? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a legitimate question. Um, you know, you have two little kids, you're young, and, you know, it doesn't look like you're going to, you're going to make it. Right. Um, did the doctors tell you that? At that point, they didn't. Um, they said, hey, you know, I think this chemo will, has a chance. They it had a 50-50 chance, they said. Okay. Um, and a couple months later, after the chemo, uh, it came back. So the chemo didn't work. Um, it then spread to my other lung. Um, we had some of that removed. Uh, then it eventually spread to my kidney, and then it spread to my small intestine. So once it sm- spread to my small intestine, um, that's when they said, hey, um, you know, we've never had a sarcoma patient where it spread like this, and it just stopped. So you really need to go home and gather your things and, you know, write your letters and just kind of prepare yourself oh, wow. that the what, end is near. What year was that, Stacy? This was in 2019, spring of 2019. Okay, so Brandon, I still remember on a Wednesday night uh, at church, I came up to you, and I, it must have been that day or mm-hmm. right around there that you had gotten. Yeah, yeah news that I'm day. trying to remember exactly. That must it have been the news. It was that day. Mm-hmm. It was that day. And uh, you were there worshiping um, with tears in your eyes, and you just said that the report is bad. Yeah. And. Uh, so what was going through your mind? Well, we made an agreement uh, when she first started. Thankfully, she has a wonderful, loving mother who's a uh, former RN. So when she goes to treatments, her mom will go with her because Stacy felt like what we needed to do is try to provide enough normalcy for our sons through this process so they could still go to school, still take care of all the things they need to take care of their extracurricular activities as well. And so I, I've always been kind of at home taking care of them, doing that kind of stuff. And her mom, when treatments were going on, would take her for those things. So some of it I've had to live through kind of at a distance, which has been tough because mm-hmm. you want to be there for your wife. Sure. You want to be able to hold her when she gets that news. I remember one time I, I did get to go um, when it came back, and I remember Stacy was looking out the window of the car, uh, and she made this wonderful statement in that process where she said, it's a wonderful way to live. And I thought that was a very profound statement when she says that, you know, when you are always looking at the idea of that tomorrow could be your last day, mm-hmm. you start really appreciating moments. Yeah. And I think from that statement, we really built this belief that we wanted to make whatever time we had left about the moments. And we wanted to instill that in our kids as well as we walked through this with them is that we wanted them to appreciate moments. And we were very purposeful about instead of buying things that sometimes you get involved in doing is mm-hmm. that we wanted to go do experiences. Do things, yeah. And so it was about building memories and moments. And so... Through this, um, I was really trying to be purposeful in, in supporting her and loving her, but then also being there for the boys. And uh, when we got that second round of news, it, you then are hit with this very real idea of 
am I going to be able to sustain or do this without her? Mm-hmm. And that you, 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 you're met with a lot of hard questions that you didn't think you would have to be asked that early in life. Right. With kids, you know, at the age that they were at is, mm-hmm. am I going to be enough for my boys if she's not still around? Right. Now the boys, boys tend not to share their feelings all that mm-hmm. much. Were they communicative about this or did they bottle it up? Um, you know, now that they'll, they'll say every time you were diagnosed, I just became so much closer to God. So in some ways they see it that, you know, when you're in the fire, I mean, that's where he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to be there for you. So he, they experienced that, that peace that comes from him that you can't get from anybody else. You know, if, even if everybody's loving on you and your teachers are loving on you and your friends are loving on you, that there, there's a peace that only God can give. So they definitely learned that. Um, but Denver would definitely be one to to kind of cling. And Dakota is like, I'm just going to kind of pretend this isn't happening right, just kind of situation. And- yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and that's also kind of disrespecting where they are at that moment. But I meant what I said when I looked out that window and, and said it, you know, I was speaking with a friend who has cancer right now. And I told him, I said, hey, look, you, you can respond really in two ways when you get these kinds of hard news. You know, you can curl up in your bed and not get out and justifiably, right? People would be like, I totally get it, you know. Uh, or uh, you can look at it and say, okay, you know, how is God going to show up here? And mm-hmm. and have that sense of expectation like, yeah. okay, in this, I'm going through a hard trial. and be, I know God loves me, so he's going to show up and he's going to show up big and on and, and, and a sense of expectation of him. And so in some ways... It is the best gift that you can give in a really twisted way. It's like, like you know that the, the end is really near. And so time becomes so precious. Life becomes so precious. And so much of my 30s was just running around breathless and just tired all the time and living on fumes, not really saturating myself with his living water. Mm-hmm. And God's like, I don't have that's not the plan I have for you. You know, that's not really how it's meant for you to be created. Mm -hmm. So if you'll just kind of, you know, sit with me and be with me, I can fill you up with my living water so that it's kind of overflowing. And Mm -hmm. so in some ways through this cancer, I learned the gift of that. Mm -hmm. And to the point where I I wouldn't take it back, even if somebody said, hey, I could take the cancer all away. And And I would be scared to not have that lesson yeah because i'm such a different person now it's it's interesting because the first time the cancer hit we were so consumed with trying to be the best principal for me at the time that i could be the best teacher that she could be and we were just like she said just running and on fumes and that cancer hit and it was almost like we had to hit a reset Mm -hmm. on your values and what do you value in time and everything and we lived that way and then you start falling back into your old habits. Right. And then a year grows to two years to three years. The next thing you know, you're back in it again and you're back in that mindset. And so it was almost like that second time it came back, we were like, okay, mm-hmm. this isn't going anywhere. That wasn't just a blip in the screen in life. Like this is something that we're going to live with the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. 
So that's where we started that process of really thinking about being purposeful with time. Okay, so at MD Anderson, that's yeah. where you started having the surgeries, right? Uh, I had the first surgery in Dallas with my uterus, and the second surgery with the lung was in Dallas, and then, then they sent me to MD Anderson, and then I've had the other surgeries at MD Anderson. When did you start writing the scriptures on your arms? I started doing that from the first moment, so I'm not even sure like why. I just I remember uh, that in Dallas they let me— I remember sitting in the room, and I had my Bible open, and it was like 5 in the morning, and a receptionist said, are you reading your Bible? And I was like, yes, ma'am. And she said, I'm a Christian too. And we just had this like moment, and I went back into the op room, and my family was around me, and we were listening to worship music, and I just wanted scripture like on my body. I just wanted an oversensing and claim of like, I am God's and and he is mine and and he has me and he's in this room and I wanted to know that I wanted the doctors to know that that they're not in this God's going to use them that's what I had prayed and so I just started writing scripture on my arms with this little purple marker that they give you to mark you um and it's just you know and then, and then it started becoming a tradition where I would just write scripture um over my arms um every time I had surgery and so what were the verses you put on your arms? They would they would vary, but sometimes it would be um, some, my verse was 91.4. Um, and he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. So my friends had this saying that's called feathers up. And um, <laughs> we would say that like feathers up. And just that expectation, once again, that God was going to show up and he was going to be a shield for me. Um, and then other times it would just be, uh, like be still and know that I am. Sometimes it would just be a declaration. Like I am a child of God. Um, I'm not a slave to fear. So sometimes it would come from, uh, worship music and sometimes it would be scripture. Okay. So speaking of fear, how did you guys deal with that? Individually as a couple, as a family, because that has to be a a massive enemy that's pounding on the door all the time. Absolutely. I mean, for me, I think that up until the small intestine surgery, um, I would constantly give it to God and say, I trust you, but I trust you, but, you know, there was always like this conditional uh, moment with it. It was, you know, I trust you, but I really need to be here for my kids. Like, I trust you, but, but you can't leave Brandon alone <laughs> with this. You know, I trust you, but, and it was always about uh, that I was needed here and, and he, you know, it was, and, and in the back of my mind, I think it was like, God, you know, I think you're making a mistake here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If, if I'm being honest with right, that, but, sure. and it was with the small intestine that finally I just kind of, it seemed like I cut the strings of the conditions and I just looked at death and I looked at God and I looked at my, I looked at my fear and I looked at God and I said, okay, which one's going to be bigger? Mm. You know, is your fear and, and death and all the things that you think are going to be the aftermath, the effects of that, going to be bigger than your God? And I just realized, you know, I choose God. I choose to see that he's bigger than everything and that he loves me and he has a plan for me. And even though I don't understand this plan, um, he does and he knows what's best. And so I finally kind of cut the strings of that last condition, which ironically is the moment that the cancer stopped spreading. So, mm. um, so a lot of things were happening, you know, in that spring when they asked 
when they said it was the small intestines and and to go home because the the end is near. Um, uh, you and I met, and mm-hmm. uh, y- you had a prayer meeting for me, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but yeah. Um, and then and then it was my prayer as well of. I'm just going to trust you even when it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So with Brandon and Stacy, you know, at, at our church, we, we believe the scripture in the book of James, is anyone among you sick, then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, her in this case, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And so we had you guys come in, and we anointed you, uh, you both with oil. I'm trying to remember, were the boys there that day? Yes, the boys were there. Boys came, and we had a number of staff members there, and I know my wife was there, and and we just prayed over you. And that was in 2018. That was 2019, 2019, April. And, you know, I remember the mindset I had after that one was don't have a belief, don't have an attitude of disbelief. Right. Because the doctors had said it's over. Uh So even when I was being anointed, I was fighting that, like, don't have an attitude of disbelief like this can this can work. You're following kind of biblical scripture. But I also had an attitude of if this doesn't work, that doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that God doesn't answer prayers. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. Like I have to be in a mindset where like, once again, I trust him. And even if he doesn't answer this prayer, I know he loves me. I know there's a reason for it. And, um, then I'm, I love, uh, there's a preacher, you know, his name, um, Tony Evans son, and his mom died of cancer. Right. And he has this powerful message there and he's talking to God and about, you know, why didn't you save my mom? You know, I prayed. We all prayed. We were so faithful. And the message that God gave him was when you ask for healing, the answer is yes or yes. When you ask for your mom to come home, the answer is yes or yes, because I'm either going to heal her here or I'm going to heal her in heaven. Right. I'm either going to take her home here or I'm going to take her home with me. Right. Like the answer is yes or yes. And I feel like when you have that mindset, there's just that sense of peace that only can come from him. Amen. Well, I love uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and their answer to King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image you have set up. God does what is in his will, but God also answers prayer. We don't understand that. Strange are the ways of God. It's a mystery on healing. But God did heal Stacy Denard. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about that healing and give all the praise and all the glory uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. You're listening to Real Truth for today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. Don't go away. We'll be back with the conclusion of this powerful testimony. Forget about Facebook. The last 10 days we've been banned twice and is unbanning a word. They put us under the ban. Christians and conservatives don't need your YouTube. Banned one day, 
banned again. AFR programs are now live streaming on the AFA streaming app. Now you can get shows like today's issues straight from the source. Put back on the next. Just say unbanned. Unbanned. Just search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. Pastor, the time has come to make a decision. Will you ignore the homosexual agenda and watch people wither? Or will you boldly proclaim what the Bible says and bring people to spiritual health? Dr. Michael Brown says you have a sacred responsibility to help them. In his article, Pastors, You Cannot Be Silent, Dr. Brown exposes how the enemy is working to make evil appear good and shows just how important it is for people to hear God's truth. Please read this article today at afa.net slash the stand. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. You can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. In the book of Isaiah, the Word tells us, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the Word of our God endures forever. In the same way, without careful planning, your financial goals could blow away like the seeds of a dandelion. It's never too early or too late to consider how a charitable gift annuity can help you meet the financial goals you've set for your loved ones, your causes, and yourself. Give AFA Foundation a call at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or visit our website, afafoundation.net. Let us explain how a charitable gift annuity can help you achieve your goals. As we read in Proverbs, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. Our phone number again is 800-326-4543, extension 345. And our website is afafoundation.net. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here talking to Brandon and Stacy Denard. Uh, God has done a miracle of healing in her life. And so, Stacy, it was uh, February of 2019. Mm-hmm. You're at MD Anderson. Yes. Cancer's come back, stage yes. four. It's mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. The doctor tells you how much time do you have to live? Yes. Yeah, so it was in my small intestine and, it, and I only had like 2% of of it not blocked and I would they they would look at me and they would look at the scan and they would look at me and they something's not right you should have not been able to walk into here you should have been in an incredible amount of pain and I was like well I'm not in pain I, I didn't even know it was back and um so the surgeon said y- you have to have surgery tonight like today um and I don't know if you're gonna make it through the surgery I think you're gonna go septic like you may have like three days that's that's about how much time I give you which was shocking, you know, mm-hmm. um, and 
but something didn't feel right. And, and I said, well, I'm not in any pain and I've got to think this through, like something doesn't feel right. So my mom and I drove back from Houston and on that drive, I just kept praying about it. And I looked at my mom and I said, I know this sounds crazy, but I keep getting this image of, of God's hand in my small intestine, just allowing things to flow. And I really think that I'm supposed to go on this trip. We had given our kids a, a trip, a cruise, because, you know, God bless them. They had gone through a lot, you right. know, and th- we thought, okay, we're going to go on a cruise. That was their Christmas present. Yeah, it was right? like their Christmas present. Right. We're going to go on a cruise, and we're just going to make amazing memories, and we're going to have a great time. And and I just kept, I told my mom, I said, I know this sounds crazy, but I feel like God's telling me, like, go. Like, I got this. Like, go. And she looked at me, and she's super protective, so I thought she thought I was, you know, I thought she was going to slam down a big no. And she said, you know, I feel the same way, but I was too scared to tell you. <laughs> and so um, I called, you know, my my surgeon at MD Anderson, and I said, hey, I, I have this trip, and I've decided to go. Mm-hmm. And he said, you're crazy. Like, you're going to die on the, on the cruise, and they're going to have to air flight you. That's going to be horrific for your family. Like, don't do this. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I just— feel like God's telling me to go. And Brandon was super supportive of me and my family was like, okay, <laughs> you know. And, and you were able to still enjoy the cruise? It oh, wasn't yes. like the sort of Damocles hanging over your head? Well, that... I, I was very uh, cautious walking with her and just every time we would eat or do anything, I'm like, you good? You yeah, yeah. I'm great. So Yeah, I was that whole week I had, I had no pain. I was able to eat. Um, and I just was living life. I thought, this is great, you know. And then a week later after I cruised, I walked through the doors of Indy Anderson, and I was like, okay, you can cut me open now again. And um, they did, and uh, they pieced it together. And But they told me, they said, hey, when you come back. So they did cut out that part. Yes, that was- they did come out that part. And, they, and then they told me, they said, you know, when you come back, it will be everywhere because it's spreading so rapidly. Um, the so this surgeon, was just a temporary fix. Yeah. Okay. In fact, I had a fight. For after I'd gone that trip, um, I had to fight and say, hey, I, I really do want this surgery um, because they thought it's going to be everywhere. What's the point? Right. You know, um, and so I was prepared. I had written my letters. I made videos for my kids. I told my stories. I just kind of wanted to to make some keepsakes for them. And then um, I went, I walked in up and got my scan and it was clear and. Um, and my doctors were like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. they had never seen anything like that. And my doctor, uh, my oncologist at Indy Anderson, calls me the walking miracle. Um, she has said over and over again, she said, you know, it, it has nothing to do with us. She's like, it's, it's, it has to be God. She said, it doesn't make any sense. Um, in fact, just recently, um, so it's been, that's, it's been three and a half years since that moment. And I keep getting clear scans. And... The doctor told me last time, she said, you know, everybody else that was diagnosed at your time with your cancer is gone. They're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're the only one left. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it just it doesn't make sense other than it's a miracle. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't know why. Like, I don't know why me. And I, I struggle with that question sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like because I'm not more worthy than anybody else. I'm not more Christian than anybody else. I, I didn't eat anything differently than anybody else. I didn't take anything differently than anybody else. And so I'd, sometimes that question can haunt you, like, why? You know, mm-hmm. why me? Why do I get this miracle? Um, but the only thing I can say is God use it. 
mm-hmm. tell your story and and I see that now how he does like if you will just be open to letting me use you right mm-hmm. I, I can it's gonna be an amazing ride I think back to right before my cancer came back in that lung and I had gone to Florida and I was watching the sunset and had gone out into the water and I started singing that song Oceans. Mm-hmm. You know, God lead me to waters that I wouldn't necessarily go to. Let me wander where I wouldn't go and let me have that kind of faith. I'm messing up the lyrics, but you guys know it. <laughs> and um, I sang that prayer. And I really, in my mind, thought, well, God's going to use me in teaching. God's going to use me to help kids, you know. <laughs> um, he had a completely different plan, but um, that that's what, you know, that's what he chose to do is he didn't give me cancer, but he... Uh, we live in a, you know, like I said, a broken, beautiful world. Right. And this is a temporary body. Like right. it's it's going to be, you know, broken. It's going to be sick. Um, but he can use it to tell an amazing story. And because of that, I got to see amazing things. I got to experience the miracle. But I think more importantly, I got to see people come to Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I wrote about in my journal, I was reading it last night, about a moment where we were at church in Mount Pleasant and Brandon was praying over me. He was, you know, he was so concerned, obviously. I, I couldn't, I could barely walk even to get into church. I was wearing a wig. I was just very frail. I was very sick. And Brandon was praying over me to, for God to help me feel better. But I wasn't. I was praying because there was somebody behind me that I had asked to come to church. She hadn't stepped into church in like 20 years. Yeah. And uh, I'd use my cancer card. I was like, hey, I have cancer. You have to come to church with me. You know, it's like, um, and she went, and, and I knew at that moment, yes, I was battling this disease that was attacking my body, but there was a much more important battle happening behind me, which mm-hmm. is an eternal battle. Right. You know, this body is temporary, but her soul is eternal. Right. And so if God can use this story to bring people to him and for them to see the truth that he loves them and he has a plan for them and he wants a relationship with them, then who am I to ask for a life of comfort? I mean, Christ didn't have a life of comfort. Right. You know, I mean, if, if Christ who's perfect can be, you know, persecuted, why do I feel like I shouldn't be, you know, why, why do I feel like my life has to be, you know, this picture perfect, comfortable life? Um, right. I don't think that's necessarily why we're here. No. So. Well, it's the fellowship of his sufferings. I, mm-hmm. I talked to Johnny Erickson Tata, and she said, you know, God allows us to suffer mm-hmm. to experience, you know, a connection with him because yeah. he, he suffered. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brandon, you had told me about going, taking you, you your family to a cave <laughs> and, <laughs> and getting some kind of, she got some kind of. Well, because she's been, she had done chemo, her uh immune system had been knocked down and we we love to like we say do the experiences so we camp a lot at that time we went down i think central texas area and we went down into this little cave and we did a little cave experience with the boys and then we came out and just thought nothing of it and in one of her scans it popped up that there were some spots in her lung and we're like oh my gosh you know she's got the cancer's back and so they actually it was when they found it in the small intestine. They had found it in the lung as well. So, And it was also in the small, uh, the kidney. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, and so they go out and they cut out a little wedge and they call us in and they're like, um, we don't want to tell you this. It's interesting <laughs> though. Uh, that wasn't cancer. I'm like, what? And they said, it's Caves disease. Uh-huh. Histoplasmosis. Yes, histoplasmosis. <laughs> and basically it's, you get it if you go into caves and there's... Um, Some kind of bacteria. Yes, well, uh, bat feces uh-huh. and kind of stuff. Well, anyway... And they said the irony of all that is, is that 
if they would have treated it because they were telling us let's do chemo yeah. to knock it out. If we had done chemo, it would have killed her immune system even more, and, and that, that stuff would have spread like wildfire, and that's what would have killed her. Wow. So yeah. it's just it's interesting how God works through this whole process. It's just it's fascinating. It's it's we tell people all the time we've had issues and we've had struggles, but we wouldn't change it because we just the yeah. relationship we have and the blessings we've seen and the miracles we've seen have just done wonders for us and our family and our boys. I mean, we have two sons that I think sometimes are so considerate of others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear that they still have their typical teenage issues, but just they're, they're sweet young men. Well, the depth of their character is, is amazing for kids their age. Um, and, and that just comes from going through the fire with mm-hmm. mom and dad. Right. Yeah. Um, so they were there when we prayed. Yes. And, you know, we've done that with lots of people over mm-hmm. the years. And God doesn't, you know, the healing doesn't always come in this life. Right. As you said, Stacy, it, it always comes. Yeah. But, but God chooses sometimes, no, I'm going to take this person mm-hmm. to heaven. The person that goes to heaven is not upset about that. Right. No. They're, they're like, hey, this is great. I got Absolutely. the greatest promotion of my life. But it's hard, you know, on on the loved ones that are left behind. And so um, what would be, uh, as we get ready to kind of close out here, what would be some of the key lessons? And and if somebody's listening today that has cancer and is going through all the difficulties and the losing the hair and all Mm -hmm. that, uh, what would you say to encourage them as somebody who's been through it? Yeah, I think one, you know, that I said that the two choices and look, you can I had some, let's be honest, I had some bad days where, yes, I I would curl up in that bed and I would be like, oh, you know, this yeah. is awful and I don't want to get out. And um, I'm pretty hard on myself, though. So I would say, I would talk to myself. That sounds weird. But I'd be like, hey, I'm going to give you a morning. OK, and then you're going to get up and you're going to face the day. All right. And so um, I was pretty strict about that uh, on myself uh, when I was in the hospital. Um, I was strict. I was like, all right, you're going to brush your teeth and you're going to brush your hair and you're going to, you know, going to have some kind of normalcy with that as well. But so I think mindset is, is a huge thing. But like I said, you can have those bad days and you can even stay there and people will either understand and, and justify it. But really, I think the second choice, it allows you to experience something sweet and something beautiful with God that you're not going to maybe get to experience in any other way. Um, I told, like I told my friend, I said, you don't, I know this sounds weird and, and you may be even angry when I say this to you right now, but when you get through the end, you're going to see the truth of it is that you're going to experience something if you'll allow it that, that you'll see as a gift because you're going to get to know God, your creator, your father in a way that you have never been able to see to, to be with him to the point where when you do come out of that storm it it's a little hard like you know I think about when Moses is in the presence of God and he has that glow on his face um that's kind of how I felt when I was so close to God I, I I felt like I was in his presence and so sometimes when I'm not in the fire of that battle I know it sounds weird, but I kind of mourn it um, a little bit. Uh, 
So, so you had this opportunity to have this experience with him and I would say, open yourself to it Mm -hmm. and, and see all the ways that he's working, even though he may not be answering your prayer the way you want, or at the time that you want, if you'll just keep your eyes open, there are blessings and miracles happening all around you. Um, and then just be open for him to use you to tell your story. You know, I, I, I meet so many people that get caught up in, in all the symptoms and all the medicine and all the research, right? I mean, mm-hmm. at the tip of our fingers, we can read so oh, much yeah. of what what you can do to mm-hmm. to fight your cancer and what you don't supposed to do. And you can get so caught up in that fear, it almost freezes you. But if you will just um, abide in him and just spend time with him and be still. And, you know, I have this image that I wrote about when I was in the midst of that storm of just the waves just kind of almost drowning me. Mm-hmm. And so much time so many times in my life I felt like I was like swimming against them Mm -hmm. and I finally learned if I'll just kind of lay back and keep my eyes on the light he's just going to keep me afloat during that storm and then if it gets too bad he walks on water amen you know he's he'll come get me amen (laughs) that is so good so today what's your what's your diagnosis what's your situation The, the cancer doctors say you're clear yeah I'm I've been clear for three and a half years I don't know you know, what the future holds for me. Um, I don't know how long that clear is. Um, uh, but I'm at the point where I don't, I just trust him. Mm-hmm. And and you're not living in fear. I'm not living in fear. You know, we call it, if you've had cancer, you kind of know this, but the week before you have a scan, I call it the black cloud. Or two <laughs> uh, weeks. Or two weeks. It depends on <laughs> it depends on the weather, but I, I call it the black cloud. And so the cloud does come. Yeah. Um, and Brandon knows when my cloud has arrived, I withdraw a little bit. Right. I get very quiet. Um, I just kind of, I don't know, hunker down, right? Um, but... And, and, and I know in order for me not to be frozen in that fear, if I will just abide in him and spend a lot of time with him and also be incredibly honest with him, God can handle it, yeah. you know, um, then he then he'll see me through. So that's how I attack the fear. Amen. Well, we've been talking today to Brandon and Stacy Denard and the miracle that God gave in answer to prayer and in answer to faith that God brought healing when the doctor said you you have three days to live. And uh, God can do anything. Listen, if this program has ministered to you today um, and you'd like to find out more from Brandon and Stacy, you can email me at pastorjeff at fromhisheart.org, pastorjeff at fromhisheart.org, and we'll make sure that gets to Brandon and Stacy. Well, thank you for joining us today on Real Truth for Today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I look forward to being with you on Monday as we talk to Eric Metaxas about courage and standing up for Jesus in a dark and dying world. God bless you, and may the Lord use you this day. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.